Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. That's deep and cold. Ladies and gentlemen, we learned this week, apropos of something I'm only going to talk about here, this moment, and then leave it, drop it, because it's been talked about everywhere else, is the uh, impeachment inquiry into President. You know who I mean. Anyway, we learned this week that, I think the Washington Post reported, that Democrats, some arm of the Democratic Party or the congressional Democrats, had conducted a focus group inquiry into voters, potential voters, they weren't voting at the time, in uh, key battleground states uh, as to how they responded to uh, various terms describing the uh, alleged president, no, sorry, the alleged activity by the alleged president, and uh, quid pro quo didn't score highly, which is why uh, starting this week, Nancy Pelosi began using the word bribery, and some members of the Intelligence Committee started using the word uh, extortion. Quid pro quo didn't cut it. Now, we know there are, uh, from time to time, dire reports about the state of the uh, education in the United States of America, but quid pro quo didn't make the cut. You see what I'm saying? So... Um, they're, they're ch- not only are they changing that, but Turner Classic Movies this week announced they're changing the uh, the title of the classic movie Quo Vadis to Which Way to the Empire? So we re- we are not in the best of shape. But in the, uh, on the other hand, I'm speaking to you today from New Orleans, Louisiana, Louisiana, which is not known for uh, leadership in a lot of categories nationally. Of course, we lead, does Louisiana, in not in corruption per se. Oh, ooh, excuse me. I'll I'll fix that later. I'll fix it in post. Uh, But penny anti-corruption, you know, selling out cheap, uh, as opposed to, let's say, Sesame Street, which is just sold out to Facebook. Yes, there are Sesame Street ads on television now promoting Facebook's newest scheme, a product, uh, a way of uh, talking to each other through your TV sets as opposed to through your iPad or your uh, computer, I guess. And it, it, you know, that Sesame Street doesn't come cheap, I guess. But imagine, it's just a few years after Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers passed away. Imagine how much money he could have made. You know who's wiring the neighborhood? Google. We don't know what they're doing with the data. Daniel Striped Tiger doesn't know, but he trusts them. Prince, well, King Friday the 13th, I'd almost demoted him. He trusts Google. I do. Do you? So there's that. He missed out on that. I feel bad. I, I yeah. But that's the status quo. Oh, no, can't say that. Now... A story you may have missed. This is really news from outside the bubble. We, you know, we allegedly care a little bit about the people at the top of the British royal family. I mean, they get their, their weddings get big ratings here in the United States, but the other royals, as the Brits like to refer <laughs> refer to my one of my favorite phrases in the British lexicon is minor royals. 
Uh, He's not exactly a minor royal. He's the second son of the queen. Prince Andrew, the Duke of York to you, uh, has been embroiled, entangled, ensnared in the saga of Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, of course you remember. He just passed away. Kill himself? Well, maybe. He was the notorious, well, sexual trafficker in young girls, let's put it that way, whose uh, circle included a lot of prominent intellectuals, the MIT Media Lab among them, at least the head of it, a couple of presidents, well, a president and a (laughs) president, um, and allegedly Prince Andrew. And uh, he went on the offensive this weekend, decided to uh, bite the bullet, and it appears that the bullet bit back. Uh, He was explaining in this long interview he did with the BBC why he was explaining his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein and uh, how it was really very innocent and he didn't see anything going on and he was really a friend of Jeffrey Epstein's lady friend, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, the daughter of the former press lord, Robert Maxwell, whose death was equally mysterious. Yeah, he just jumped off a boat. Um, and then he was asked, well, you you knew that uh, Jeffrey Epstein had subsequently been um, convicted of a uh, minor sex crime, uh, soliciting for prostitution, which was the deal they made down in Florida that gave him the uh, cushy 13-month kind of sentence. He said, yes, I was. I was aware of that. And uh, the prince said he decided to cut off any future relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. But he thought the only honorable way to do that was not in a phone call, perish the thought, but to come over to New York City and stay at Jeffrey Epstein's mansion for four days. Letting you absorb that for a moment. Uh, as I say, his, his rationale was to share with Jeffrey Epstein that there would be no more sharing and that they would no longer have a relationship because the prince didn't feel he could, in terms of propriety, be seen with Jeffrey Epstein. Where do they have that conversation? On a walk in Central Park where they were photographed together. But it gets better. And here's some of it. I'm just trying to work this out because you said you went to break up the relationship and yet you stayed at that New York mansion several days. I'm wondering how long... But I was doing a number of other things while I was there. But you were staying at the house of a convicted sex offender. It was a convenient place to stay. I mean, mean, I've gone through this in my mind so many times. At the end of the day, um, uh, uh, with the benefit of all the hindsight that one could have, um, it was definitely the wrong thing to do. Um, But at the time, I felt it was the the honourable and right thing to do. And I I admit fully that, 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 that my judgment was probably coloured by my um, tendency to be too honourable, but that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, got that. Too honourable. What a, what a cross to bear. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this, for the next 50 minutes, is a convenient place to stay. Hello, welcome to the show. 
in a song. You were the young ones. You're not anymore. Now rock it out. It's just another chore. You need a rock and roll transplant. Won't have to wear a hospital gown. You don't need to battle injection. It could cause a poor hour erection. And you'll find it of a badly town. Rock clubs to clean You'd rather stay home Or do what I mean But the rocket's dream Has got to endure There's no release Protector is a cure You need a rock and roll transplant Get on with the rock and roll life. You go out and conquer the organ with guitar, drums, bass, and organ. And you'll party when you see your wife. Rock and roll never forgets, but it sometimes has trouble remembering. Rock and roll means no regrets And the last line rhymes with remembering Got fat. Bass players on IV. He likes it like that. So loud you can't hear it. So good it will end. Gotta get back that spirit. Got to trust me, my friend. You need a rock and roll transplant to keep on bugging high. You won't need no anesthetics Even if your legs are prosthetics And you'll party Till the cows come back Rock and roll You won't need to wear a hospital gown You won't have to battle rejection It could cause a four-hour erection And you'll party From New Orleans, this is the show. I'm Harry Shearer, your host. Invite you to join me now as I read the trades for you. Some good news, maybe? Some, uh, 
uh, wouldn't even know how to categorize categorize this or, or pronounce the word. I'm just going to read it for you. From Advertising Age, T-Mobile says it owns exclusive rights to the color magenta. I'll read it for you. Startup insurance provider Lemonade is trying to make the best of a bad situation after T-Mobile, T-Mobile pre- uh, parent Deutsche Telekom claimed it owns the exclusive rights to the color magenta. Lemonade, based in New York, is a three-year-old company that lives completely online oh, and mostly focuses on homeowners and renters insurance. The company uses a similar color to magenta. It says it's pink in its marketing materials and its website. But Lemonade was told by German courts that it must cease using its color after launching its services in that country, which is also the home to T-Mobile's owner, Deutsche Telekom. Although the ruling only applies in Germany, Lemonade says it fears the decision will set a precedent and expand to the U.S. or Europe. Quote, if some brainiac at Deutsche Telekom had invented the color, their possessiveness would make sense says Daniel Schreiber, the CEO and co-founder of Lemonade. Absent that, the company's actions, he says, just smack of corporate bully tactics, where legions of lawyers, Tom? Legions of lawyers. Attempt to hog natural resources, in this case a primary color, that rightfully belonged to everyone, unquote. A spokesman for Deutsche Telekom confirmed it asked the insurance company to stop using the color magenta, adding that the T in Deutsche Telekom is registered to the brand. Deutsche Telekom respects everyone's trademark rights, but expects others to do the same, said in a statement, which used three T's. Uh-oh, I owe money. I owe, I owe Deutsche Telekom big money. Although Lemonade has complied with the ruling by removing its pink color, it's turning the legal matter into an opportunity. It today began using the social media t- hashtag, hashtag free the pink. Uh-oh, don't tell Larry Flint. A quick check on Twitter shows it's gained little traction so far until Larry Flint hears about it. Schreiber, the company's CEO, holds the top tweet under the Free the Pink hashtag with 13 retweets and 42 likes. Here in the U.S., we do recognize trademark rights in colors, but they're not easy to acquire, says a trademark attorney. When they're acquired, they're fairly narrow, so everyone knows UPS is brown. But that's only for shipping and logistics, not sports such as the Cleveland Browns or anything else. If T-Mobile tried to stop an insurance company or a bakery from using their pink magenta color in the U.S., they would have, he says, a pretty hard time, unquote, the attorney. T-Mobile owns the trademark on a specific shade of magenta known as RAL 4010. Lemonade is arguing that it's actually using the color pink, not magenta. About 13 years, not that long, about 11 years ago, Deutsche Telekom filed a lawsuit against another European wireless provider for its use of magenta in its marketing. Deutsche Telekom lost that case and was forced to pay the legal fees of the other company. The same year, it filed a similar complaint to popular technology website Engadget over its use of the color. It even went after a small business in the Dutch town of Zwolle, in 2008. That was a big year for Deutsche Telekom's lawyers. In 2015, it made a similar move against Oxy, a smartwatch maker, 
that use the color magenta in its logo. Says Patrick Hanlon, a brand consultant, colors are very iconic and easily identified with brands. McDonald's and its golden arches, he says. T-Mobile has a right to defend what it considers its magenta-colored turf. Lemonade has a right, he says, to attempt to invade that turf and create a media storm. In terms of PR buzz, Hanlon believes the situation serves Lemonade well. Quote, when was the last time you heard anyone talking about an insurance company? He adds. Every time they talk about healthcare reform, dude. A question answered, ladies and gentlemen, pithily. When I read the trades for your copyrighted feature of this broadcast. And now a little bit of news of our friend, the Adam. You know, it's it may not be easy being green. Oh, I owe, I owe uh, Sesame Street some money. Come and get it, boys and girls. But um, it's not easy and cheap being safe either. The estimated cost of safety measures at nuclear power plants across Japan has increased five-fold over the past six years. That's almost a fold for each year to just over $50 billion. Safety measures. Why would you need... 11 power producers spent the funds to implement stiffened safety standards. All right, then. At 15 nuclear power plants, including those currently under construction, according to a survey conducted this... uh, just this past couple of months, atomic power station safety regulations were strengthened. I thought they were stiffened. In July 2013, after the outbreak of Fuk and the subsequent Japan-wide nuclear shutdown. The, um, oh, these pages are all screwed up now. I try to make head or tail of this. I'm going to be in deep, deep, deep. No, here we go. They required upgrades at existing facilities before they could restart to the Japanese regulators. A nuclear power expert at Meiji University says countermeasures against accidents being taken now should have been considered before the Fook thing. He didn't say the Fook thing. I did. The sharp increase in costs is the result of the firm's failure to do what was necessary. So um, you got to spend some money to be safe, I guess. Because it's clean, cheap, too safe to meter. It's our friend, the Adam. And now, uh, a note about your brain on the war on drugs. The new head of the anti-drugs campaign in the Philippines, Lenny Robredo, has said the, quote, killing of the innocent, unquote, must come to an end. She's referring, she's referring to a government poli- policy that human rights groups have blamed for thousands of state-sponsored killings in the Philippines. She's the country's vice president, directly elected position, right under President Duterte, who is leading the uh, state-sponsored killings campaign. He's been facing growing criticism of his controversial crackdown on illegal drug sales and use, has has appointed Ms. Robredo after she angered him by saying his drug policy obviously wasn't working. He did launch a hardline campaign against illegal drug personalities in his 2016 election claiming Philippines had become a narco state. The president's spokesman told the BBC, the government does not want to kill. It is not the intention. Unquote. 
Things happen, don't they? The president himself has said he would personally take the lives of millions of drug users, and there have been reports local police forces have been given targets to meet in terms of the number of deaths. Human rights groups like Amnesty have called the policy a large-scale murdering enterprise, say the police and vigilantes are ironically protecting, or protectively, proactively, sorry, no ironically, are proactively targeting suspected drug users. Death toll is in debate what the number is. Number schmumbers. You know what I see? Separate investigations currently be carried out by the United Nations and the International Criminal Court. We don't recognize you, International Criminal Court. I'm sorry, I don't hear you. The UN is looking into the issue of extrajudicial killings. The ICC is conducting preliminary investigations into the president for alleged crimes against humanity, is all. But officially, the police say they kill only in self-defense, for example, during drug bust operations. Latest figure the government issued was 5,526 deaths of, quote, drug personalities. Former police chief at the same time publicly put the number of deaths at 6,700. Maybe some people had dual personality. When, present, uh, uh, when pressed on the discrepancy between the two numbers, the president's spokesman said there could have been an unintentional mistake. <laughs> As opposed to those wonderful intentional mistakes we all hate so much. This is your brain on the war on drugs. And now, news of the godly. A group of pedophile priests behaved, quote, like the mafia, abusing dozens of young boys at a West London school over a 50-year period, according to a new report. St. Benedict's School in Ealing, not Ealing, Est Virginia, Est Virginia, Ealing, that's in uh, London, somewhere. Uh, there uh, were described as a, quote, grim and beastly place by the independent inquiry into child sexual abuse. A culture of cover-up and denial operated at Ealing Abbey, which ran the school, according to the report. To date, five priests have been jailed for abusing children at the school. Staff who reported concerns about teacher behavior compared it to going up against the mafia and ramming your head against a brick wall. Those, those can be fun. The uh, Committee on Sexual Abuse received 18 further allegations against eight monks and staff, but the true scale of the abuse is, quote, likely to be much higher, according to the report. Children suffered severe corporal punishment, which was often used as a means to initiate sexual abuse or for sexual gratification. Said the report, it remains to be seen whether Ealing Abbey proves itself capable in the future of ensuring proper safeguarding of children at risk. Well, I trust them. I trust Google. I trust Ealing Abbey. The ICSA report highlighted failings by school leadership, police, the Crown Prosecution Service, and child protection teams. You kids are all alone. Three more former altar boys have claimed they were sexually abused by two priests in the Vatican. Child abuse scandal rocking the Catholic Church zeroed in for a second time on its headquarters. You write the next joke. I'm just sitting here. The allegations of abuse in the Vatican's youth seminary. 
set out in an Italian TV show tonight, date back to the 1980s and 90s, when the boys were boys. Yeah. And the accusations come two months after the Vatican said it would seek to indict Father Gabriele Martinelli for allegedly abusing several altar boys in 2012 when he trained at a youth seminary. That move was prompted by another Italian TV show, an investigation into the school way back in 2017. The Vatican said a couple months ago that an indictment was also being sought against a former rector, rector hardly at the youth seminary, Father Enrico Radice, who was accused of aiding and abetting the alleged crimes. The three former altar boys in the latest investigation, they served at papal masses. They claimed they were sexually abused by two priests, one a teacher. The... Uh, one of the victims alleges that one of the priests who was managing the school's communal showers tried to remove his bathrobe. All three boarded at the youth seminary. Victims came together a few years ago to share their stories. And now the Vatican is concerned. The allegations were corroborated by several people, according to The Guardian, who claimed to have witnessed some of the abuse. The... Um, one of the uh, priests who hears the accusations against him in the audio interviews, he responds, quote, no, it's not possible. I can't remember. I'm not saying they're lying. I'm saying they have misunderstood, unquote. The leader of the Roman Catholic Church in England and Wales told the, that uh, sexual abuse inquiry, the church was shocked to the core by child sexual abuse perpetrated by members of the clergy. Cardinal Vincent Mickles said the community had struggled to cope with, quote, the presence of evil embodied in its members, unquote. They're writing the jokes themselves, ladies and gentlemen. News of the Godly, copyrighted feature of this broadcast.
little understanding in her special way and I just have to say in my life I love the world because she's more than I deserve and she gets me where I I'll give all I have to give I'm talking about From New Orleans, this is Le Show, and a little news of the Olympics. It, it, the news could be better. USA Badminton could be stripped of its responsibilities ahead of the Tokyo 2020 Games by the United States Olympic and Paralympic Committee for failing to protect athlete safety. That again. That old horse, horse chestnut. Um... How can this be? Well, in an open letter to the U.S. badminton community, I'd love to go to those meetings, the uh, chief of the uh, U.S. Olympic thing, Sarah Hirschland, said it had filed a complaint to decertify USA badminton. She said a compliance audit in 2018 highlighted a number of troubling findings, several of which remain unresolved during follow-up review this year. According to the follow-up review, recommendations on background checks for doctors and enforcement of safe sport training for coaches and other staff to protect athletes from Jim Jordan, I mean from misconduct, were only partially implemented by the national governing body. USA Badminton had no comment. Um, so that's, that's bad news for badminton, don't you think? Yeah, me too. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, there's, there's, you, you don't need me to uh, tell you anything about or uh, opine about the impeachment hearings this week. You, uh, you have a vast selection of opiners and whiners to choose from which to choose. Uh, but there, there was news about uh, presidential press secretaries this week, past and present. First of all. Sean Spicer was uh, voted off of Dancing with the Stars. I know, I know. We tried as hard as we could. There was nothing we could do. And then Stephanie Grisham, the current press secretary, um, has now exceeded, I think long since, the uh, number of days. Uh, and and the, the 
press makes a big deal out of this. The number of days since she held a uh, briefing. You know, they used to be on TV, and the press secretaries would hold briefings, and the reporters would ask questions. And, of course, under every administration, they were, they were basically there selling the company line. And, um, you know, it's easy. Just as a note to reporters, it's a lot easier to sit in that room firing questions that somebody was just going to f- feed the company line back to you than to do this thing called, let me, let me see, I have a word, note about it here. Oh, yeah, actual reporting. It, it's, you know, you got to get up and walk around. No, you can do it from your desk. You can make phone calls. Anyway, uh, there are. I'll say I'll say this about the the impeachment hearings. There is on one side, Republicans like Jim Coach Jordan, saying uh, we're only hearing secondhand. We don't have enough firsthand witnesses. And on the other hand, you have the White House telling all the firsthand witnesses. Do not testify. So that's that's engaging. The president who uh, said at one point he wasn't watching the hearings, then uh, on Friday during one of the hearings, actually tweeted about the witness who was at the, at the moment testifying. I guess that was an unintentional mistake. But uh, en- enough guesswork. This week, for the first time, the businessman turned chief executive faces a new question. Are the wheels coming off or just the tires? And for team members trying to earn or keep his trust, maybe the wagon itself is coming off. Stephanie. Yes, sir. Got my notebook ready. Good. Like a good press secretary. Thank you, sir. So, first, what do you got for me? Well, the usual bring from the media mob about Roger Stone and whether you're going to pardon him. Okay, here's the deal. I was going to tweet this. Roger Stone has been trying to hang around me for years. He's an amusing guy. I always got a kick out of how overdressed he was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, I think maybe we talked once or twice. Never really knew him. Yes, sir. NRKH. What's that? That's just my little shorthand for never really knew him. Okay, great. I think that comes better from you than from me. Mm. Sounds less cold coming out of a mouth with lipstick on it. Yes, sir. Now, here's what I got for you. Mm-hmm. What the hell kind of press secretary communications director are you? <laughs> well, last time I was in here, sir, you, you seemed pleased with... You know whose work I'm pleased with? Mm. Don Jr.'s work. He's trying so hard to be like me. His, his forehead looks like he's going to burst. He comes out with a book at the same age I did out of the deal... And he bulk buys his way on a bestsellers list. I mean, it's, it's actually kind of cute. Yes, sir. But back to you. Yes, sir. I've got my own coffee mug at Fox News now. So Stephanie, what's on all the networks this week? Uh, the impeachment. The what? Uh, the phony impeachment hoax. Right. And what's our counter-programming? What's making the networks switch away? We don't even have freaking infrastructure week. Well, we did schedule you for a live appearance at Wayne LaPierre's birthday, but then the school shooting... Right, and even that only got half the screen. Mm-hmm. You think Shifty Schiff wasn't hoisting highballs with his pals over keeping half the screen against an active shooter? Sir, as you know so well, sometimes the news... Stephanie, you know how I'm not paying you the whole press conferences with the fake media? Yes, sir. We set a new record for that. Well, I'm not paying you to tell me about sometimes the news either. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I am paying you to do? Well, to accomplish I... this week's task. I want the whole screen. I want the stupid impeachment hoax to be the little crawl at the bottom with the stocks and the cold front. You're asking for a lot of network real estate. Interesting. Two things I understand. Networks and real estate. So you're the communications person. Mm -hmm. You figure out what I have to do to shove that crap off the screen. And I'll do it. Off the top of my head, I'm not sure I... Darling, here's a tip. Mm -hmm. Dig a little deeper into your head, okay? Okay. First thing I thought of was having a hologram of Adam Schiff in front of the Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue and having the president shoot it. I'm still trying to work out the kinks. Mick. Yes, sir? You've been so much better in acting chief of staff than the so-called real chiefs of staff before you. <laughs> Thank you, sir. I think I'm going to keep you as acting chief. I think I like with my cabinet not being confirmed. Get it keeps you guys on your toes. Well, I, I like to think I'd be on my... Uh, I like to think what I think. And? And you're the president. <laughs> you know, none of my wives finished my sentences that well. Good thing you're not my type. <laughs> Thank you, sir. But you're a better inside man than outside man, Mick. Mm. You know, some of us have the magic. Others of us hold one news conference and almost blow the whole game. Oh, well, I thought I was doing what you Quiet. wanted because... Uh, Quiet! Not pointing fingers, Mick. Not pointing anything. Mm. But this week's task via calls for inside man skills. You know, if the Ukrainian guys hadn't been indicted, they'd be the perfect ones for this. But Well, I've never been sure that the Attorney General had complete control of his department. You know what? Mm. My big mistake at the beginning wasn't appointing dopey Jeff Sessions after all. No? No, it's not shutting down the whole friggin' so-called Justice Department. Rudy was right. He could have set up something much better. Well, I suppose, but uh, we're not there now, so... Good, good. Thanks for getting me back on track. It's like a real chief of staff thing, right? Mm -hmm. So, here's the deal. Mm -hmm. You know how quickly and easily What's-His-Name got that uh, perfect phone call stashed in the super-secret computer? Yes, sir. We had to drive the bus a little crazily that day to get it past all the checkpoints. Whatever. Here's how we keep any more leaks from coming out of this building. Your task is to move everything over to the super-secret computer. Nothing can leak, because no one has access to anything. Easy, right? That's a fine idea, sir. It uh, won't keep actual persons from defying our orders not to testify. That the Ukrainian guys can handle. Mm. So what do you think, Mick? Can the acting chief of staff act like that? <laughs> Everything we got is an awful lot of data. We might have to bring in a few more servers. Ah, don't waste the time. I can get my own burgers. New team, new tasks, same mission. We're gonna make stoneling the hoax great again. Now, the world is his boardroom. The Presidentis, this week, keeping your screen unsplit. I kissed her and she kissed me Like the fella once said Ain't that a kick in the head The room was completely black I hugged her and she hugged back Like the sailor said, quote Ain't that a hole in the boat 
My head keeps spinning I go to sleep and keep grinning If this is just the beginning My life is gonna be Beautiful I've sunshine enough to spread It's just like the fella said Tell me quick Ain't love a kick In the head Like the fellow once said Ain't that a kick in the head Like the sailor said Quote Ain't that a hole in a boat? My head keeps spinning. I'd go to sleep and keep grinning. If this is just the beginning, my life is gonna be beautiful. She's telling me we'll be wet. She's picked out a king-size bed. I couldn't feel any better. Or I'd be sick Tell me quick Boy, ain't love a kick Tell me quick Ain't love a kick In the head Hey, Dean Now, ladies and gentlemen The Apologies of the Week Sorry. Australia's public broadcaster has apologized after a documentary set to be aired on the network depicted the names of rape survivors without their consent. Two were included in advanced media copies of the documentary Silent No More without their knowledge, according to BuzzFeed News. The breach of privacy led the network to cancel a private viewing of the three-part documentary and issue an apology. Due to human error, an early version of Silent No More was provided to a small number of accredited media under embargo. Significant steps were taken to de-identify names and details in the broadcast version. It has always been our intention that these names and details be blurred before broadcast. But for the early version, that didn't happen. I apologize deeply and unnecessarily to those whose names were visible in the initial version of the program, said the representative of the ABC, the other ABC. It's the ABC that isn't owned by Disney, I guess would be the best way to describe it. Be the accurate way to describe it. Bay Area Rapid Transit District's general manager apologized this week to a man handcuffed and cited by a police officer for eating a sandwich on the train platform. The leader of the police union defended the officer, saying the passenger was hostile and belligerent. Incident happened 8 in the morning. November 4th was captured on video that went viral, drawing rebukes from several BART board directors and from BART no, who accused the officer of acting too aggressively. One director speculated the man who was African-American was treated more harshly than he would have been were he white. Eating and drinking are prohibited on BART. Some writers do it, usually with no consequences, according to the San Francisco Chronicle. The man, 31-year-old Steve Foster of Concord, 
said he was not feeling the apology from BART officials, although General Manager Bob Powers said, I'm disappointed how the situation unfolded. I apologize to the man, our writers, employees, and the public who have had an emotional reaction to the video. He ain't feeling it. A Minnesota school district is apologizing after video surfaced showing high school cafeteria workers throwing away the hot meals of students who have outstanding lunch debt. Yes, this is the United States of America. Richfield High School came under fire when around 40 students had their hot lunches taken off their trays, thrown out, and replaced with a cold lunch. When cafeteria staff saw they had lunch debt of more than $15. This is according to NBC. The incident was recorded on social media. The school district, about seven miles south of Minneapolis, quickly apologized. We deeply regret our actions today and the embarrassment that it caused several of our students. In the district statement, we've met with some of the students involved and apologized to them. The superintendent said the actions of the cafeteria staff were, quote, inappropriate. Why'd you give them any food? No, he didn't say that. But for money, you get heat. Alberto Salazar is speaking up after several female athletes came forward with allegations of abuse and gender discrimination. He was the head of the Nike Oregon Project. He was the head coach. You know, like Jim Jordan. No, he wasn't head coach. In a statement, he apologized for any callous or insensitive commentary, but denied the claims put forward by the ex-NOP athletes. On occasion, I may have made comments that were callous or insensitive over the course of years of my helping my athletes through hard training. He said, if any athlete was hurt by any comments that I have made, such an effect was entirely unintended, and I am sorry. However, he disputed the notion that any athlete suffered any abuse or gender discrimination. Allegations of emotional and physical abuse were brought forth by Mary Kane, a 23-year-old former runner, in a New York Times video last week. She alleged that Salazar and his staff would berate her in front of peers if she did not hit an arbitrary target weight, claiming she was told to take birth control pills and diuretics. The latter is banned in track and field. Apparently, his defense is he tells the same thing to uh, male athletes. But Nike has shut down the program. An Instagrammer has apologized to officials at the Auschwitz Memorial in Poland after posting a photo of his rubber duck on social media in, form, in front of the former concentration camp's Gate of Death. The travel blogger who goes by the name of Atuk Apil, or at Atuk Apil on social media, has a small but not insignificant following. Sounds like me. There he or she uses a rubber duck toy to pose in front of famous landmarks like Buckingham Palace, the Treasury, and Petra, and more. The shots are typically innocuous, according to Travel and Leisure, However, the blogger's recent post in front of Auschwitz quickly caught the attention of horr horrified followers and officials. Is the rubber duck in front of the gate of death disrespectful, even unintentionally? Asked museum officials. They officially noted that after reading the caption of the now-deleted post, it was clear the person understood the significance of the historical site. Officials asked, does that knowledge make things better or maybe worse? Just one day after the initial posting, the museum received a former apology from the anonymous Instagrammer who explained it was not their intention to disrespect or generate controversy. 
The person added, quote, my sincerest apologies to at Auschwitz Memorial for the inconvenience and to all the people who have felt offended. He won't be influ- he or she won't be influencing anybody today. I'll tell you that right now. Al Hagi Arskog, the CEO of a global salmon farming firm, Moe. Yeah, I think that's what its name is. Has apologized for mistakes surrounding the die off of more than two million of its salmon this summer in Newfoundland in Canada. Nevertheless, the province of Newfoundland and Labrador has moved to tighten its aquaculture policies in an effort to prevent similar incidents in the future and mandate more transparency than Moe displayed in publicly acknowledging accidents and promptly initiating cleanup efforts. Moe Canada suffered a mass mortality event involving more than 2.6 million salmon uh, late summer. The company blamed it on high water temperatures and low dissolved oxygen levels. The company's response was criticized by the Atlantic Salmon Federation. Love to go to those meetings and other environmental NGOs who said neither the company nor government regulators did enough to prevent the accident or keep the public informed about it. But they did apologize. Let's go to Broward County, Florida, where so many fine elections are held. This year, the supervisor of elections says he didn't mean to scare the 146,000 people who received, quote, final notices from his office threatening to designate them as an inactive voter. Why would that scare anybody? After receiving complaints from several voters who questioned why they were receiving the notices, they voted regularly and had not changed their address in years, Supervisor Pete Antonacci said he's going to apologize to all who got the mailer. We had voters receive this notice from us. That is, in fact, a little bit scary, he said. It's our plan to send them another postcard, first class, that certainly expresses my apologies and regrets for aggravating them, unquote. Antonacci said no one's voting status will change as a result of the first mailer. The apology will remind voters to update their address if it has changed, but how would they get that mailer? You see, it's like telling somebody you don't want to be seen with them while you're walking in Central Park. Antonacci said he would have election workers personally look at the voter files before the status of any voter is switched. That is so reassuring, sir. I got to tell you. I got to tell you right now. Uber's chief executive, Dara Kos. drew a backlash after calling the murder of Jamal Khashoggi a mistake by the Saudi government, comparing the killing to the accidental death of a woman hit by an Uber self-driving car. He then quickly walked back those remarks. Was it an unintentional mistake? That's what I want to know. It's a serious mistake, he said in the interview with Axios on HBO after he was asked about the brutal killing last year by Saudi operatives. We've we've made mistakes, too, with self-driving, he said. He retreated from his comments shortly after the interview was filmed, but days before it aired, first in a phone call and then an email statement, I said something in the moment that I do not believe. When it comes to Jamal Khashoggi, his murder was reprehensible and should not be forgotten or excused. Axios journalists noted in their interview with him, Saudi Arabia is Uber's fifth largest shareholder, and the governor of Saudi Arabia's public investment fund sits on Uber's board. And I mean, when he sits on that board, he really sits on... In the interview, the Uber chairman compared the death... Well, all right, we we covered that. More on Uber on this program in a week or two. Stay tuned. Taiwan-born host and MTV VJ Andy Chen 
Didn't he used to be a DJ in L.A.? Or is it a different Andy Chen? Has apologized on Weibo after fans accused him of touching pop star Taylor Swift inappropriately at her fan event in Guangzhou on November 11th. He was also criticized for interrupting Swift while she talked and for his shoddy effort in translating for the performer. He took to the site after the event to apologize to Swift and her fans and thank them for our constructive criticism, saying, I like Taylor as much as you. It was later pointed out by netizens that Chan's hand didn't actually touch her back. But when they're hovered behind you for a few moments, don't you know? few more apologies. Los Angeles man who spent 11 years in prison for a series of armed robberies he didn't commit has been exonerated because he doesn't hold any grudges. He was declared factually innocent of the crimes at a court hearing on Tuesday. The uh, district attorney, Lacey, Jackie Lacey, sorry, apologized to Martinez at the press conference saying, authorities don't always get it right. But there was an unintentional mistake. A San Francisco Giants named Gabe Kapler, not Gabe Kaplan, don't be going welcome back Cotter on me, as their new manager, didn't take long for the backlash. Four years ago, he reportedly did not alert authorities after a 17-year-old girl contacted him about being assaulted by one of the Dodgers minor leaguers while he was the farm director of the Dodgers. He initially denied ever having an allegation brought forward to him. These giants have been criticized for hiring him. Kapler responded to the criticism with an apology. I think this is the right time to say that I'm sorry I didn't make all the right moves, he said at his press conference. Everything I did, I acted on from a place of goodness. At least he wasn't being too honorable. And from my heart, wanted to do the right thing. But I was naive. I was in over my skis and trying to do things on my own when I was very clear that I needed counsel. I don't think that I did enough, and we've talked about some of the ways I could have been better in those situations. I have a lot of remorse for that. And his apology went on. The giant, Giants president of basketball, uh, baseball operations also came over from the Dodgers. What's with the Giants raiding the Dodgers? Acknowledged its own shortcomings from the incident. I promise to learn from the experience. I, I promise to learn from every experience, ladies and gentlemen. That's just the kind of guy I am. And Michael Bloomberg said to be running for president, apologized for using disrespectful language about women. He apologized through a spokesman. Mike has come to see that some of what he said is disrespectful and wrong. He believes his words have not always aligned with his values and the way he's led his life. The rhetoric appeared in a booklet that employees of Bloomberg's private firm gave him in 1990. contained quotes attributed to him. Quote, if women wanted to be appreciated for their brains, they'd go to the library instead of Bloomingdale's. That was in the portable Bloomberg. He also joked, according to the booklet, that the Bloomberg Terminal, a reference to a product produced by Bloomberg's digital data company, could do everything, including oral sex. I guess that puts a lot of you girls out of business, Bloomberg is quoted as saying. The apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen. It is a copyrighted feature of this broadcast.
Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes this week's edition of the show. Back next week on the radio, same time, same station, on your other audio device of choice. You tell me when you want to hear it. I'll be there. Yamo, be there. And a bit just like Michael Bloomberg putting out a booklet, apologizing for the last booklet, if you agree to join with me then. But you already, thank you very much. Uh-huh. show chapeau to the San Diego desk for its contributions to today's broadcast. Thanks to Pam Halstead and to Thomas Walsh here at WWNO for their help with today's broadcast. The email address of this program, think of it, still happening. You can find it, a playlist of the music heard right here, and your opportunity to get Cars I Talk t-shirts, all at harryshearer.com. And I'm on Twitter, at the Harry Shearer. You'll have to hear the rest of the drum solo some other time. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans flagship station of the Change is Easy Radio Network. So long from the Crescent City.